McPherson. Anthony Zioli. Uh, what's his name? Carl uh, uh, McIntyre. They were all there, fellas. And believe me, all of those fellas at that time were all fellowshipping around the Lord's table. It might be hard to believe today, but they were then. <laughs> <laughs> My question is, though, uh, I, I, maybe, I, maybe I'm sick. I don't quite understand yet. I don't, I, you haven't said to me why he could not become a member of your church. Because, because I believe in two ordinances. I see. Now, okay. people is that consistent, though? Yes. I, that, that's where I depart from the Baptist position. Anybody who comes in to that church, he, I'm not going to sit there and judge him. Paul told me what to do with those people. Let him examine himself. Why should I sit up there and examine him? Well, then my question is, uh, if the two are, I'm trying to get the distinction. That's what you feel. There's a distinction between the baptism and the, and the order. I'm not fighting with you, brother. I'm just answering you. That's all. Well, I, I, well, at least I, I, uh, I'm trying to find out why it is that I couldn't if I were not a person. I mean, on what scriptural basis? Is the, is the building something special, or the group, or if no. we can have fellowship? We are a Both body. Is we true. are a body of. Uh, we are constituted according to my conviction and according to the convictions that I came to, and not because I was born a Baptist. We are duly constituted a body of baptized believers because we believe. Uh, that this is, we do not believe in baptism, baptism or regeneration, but we believe this is an act of obedience. Now, we don't have a great big crowd, we never have had, but we have a very, very beautifully ordered congregation. That's what I would say. Charlene? I would like to ask Mr. Sam if he would explain 1 Peter 321. 1 Peter 321. Oh, these women, I tell you, they really are. <laughs> 1 Peter 3.21, bless your heart. Uh, <clears throat> the like figure, whereunto even baptism also doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, and the word here is not the body, it's sarkikos, the old man, you see, the old nation. And baptism will not wash away the filth of the old nation. But the answer, where, where are we of a good conscience toward God? Now, first of all, may I ask you to turn to James 1. That's right after the book of Hebrews, dear friends, you'll find James. That was insulting. I didn't mean it that way. James 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to whom? Twelve tribes scattered abroad. That's why he has been called one of the leaders of the circumcision. He proved he was that in Acts 15 and in Galatians 2. That is the record of Galatians 2. We open to 1 Peter. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to whom says the strangers scattered really the word scattered is of the diaspora the, 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 the strangers of the dispersion he's <coughs> right at the Jews scattered about through Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia James evidently I don't know whether Deep Brennan will agree with me I wouldn't make a point of it 
But I believe this James is the Lord's brother. Do you too, Brother? Amen. All right. This James is the Lord's brother. This Peter is certainly the leader of the circumcision apostles. It is not they who write our private mail. Paul says, I speak to you Gentiles. I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. I'm a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. That doesn't mean Jews couldn't come in now. But the point is that he went from one nation to which they had agreed to confine their ministry in Acts 15 and Galatians 2. He went to all nations. And uh, he was the apostle of the, the Gentiles, means the nations, you see. Now, it seems to me quite natural that James, Peter, John, Jude, Revelation will come into their proper use after the body of Christ is gone. Paul is our apostle. He says so. Now, when the church, the body of Christ is gone, Paul's epistles will still be in the Bible. And the people will know them just as we have the Gospels in the Bible. And we know what they said. But, they will carry on just as they will go on with the sacrifices again. They will go on with water baptism again, you see. And the miraculous signs will be recovered again. It seems to me that's what he's dealing with. The only, the only difference is, again, a historical difference. He now knows that the right is only a picture of something, you see. A picture of what Christ has done to cleanse us from sin. That's the way I see it. But it is one, one answer to the whole thing that it, it, it applies to us is that it's not written to us. Yes. Brother, can I ask you something? I just understand that Peter, this is written about a year after Paul's martyrdom. I don't doubt it. Well, this is inspired of God, though, you see. It's inspired of God, regardless of what these men, people tell us, oh, the twelve died in all nations outside of Jerusalem except one, and they tell us what the twelve did, and I don't care about that. It makes no difference. If what does make a difference is that God says that they handed over their Gentile ministry to the Apostle Paul. You know, you have that in Galatians 2. It says, uh, he told them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. And when they saw, they perceived, you see, that as the gospel of the circumcision was committed unto Peter, the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed to Paul. And they gave to me and Paul, me and Barnabas, the right hands of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcision. Now don't forget, they had been sent to the Gentiles. Another proof that the Great Commission has been set aside, the so-called Great Commission. The so-called Great Commission sent the twelve into all the world, isn't it? So he has the whole world and preach to every creature, make disciples of all nations, but here in Galatians 2, that's changed. As the Lord said, what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And they loose themselves under the Spirit's direction from the Great Commission. And Paul now became the apostle of the Gentiles, and they became the apostles to the circumcision and agreed to confine their ministry to the circumcision. that help? Uh, yes, I'd like to go back in the context of 1 Peter 3. That was a great exegesis of that one verse. Now, may I read a few more? Which one is that? 1 Peter 1.21. Oh. 
Listen, I want to go back to verse 18. Did you agree with it, you mean? Well, now, just a moment. I said that was a great exegesis of one verse. Uh, we must have a lot of good humor. You know, back there in the East Coast, they have men who are good humor men make it uh, at their living. That's right. Sure. <laughs> okay. Now, for Christ, go back to verse 18 with me in chapter 3, will you? Yeah. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, that's Calvary, right. the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, right. being put to death in the flesh, that's Calvary, right. that's burial, but made alive in the spirit, thank God that's resurrection, right. by which also we went that he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Now, uh, Jesus Christ, my dear friends, did not get up out of that tomb and go down and taunt the people who were prisoners, who had no chance of being saved. I've heard that ridiculous interpretation it nauseates me. Now let's go on. Let's read the rest of the context. Which sometimes were disobedient. When did Christ, when did uh, when did Christ go in the Spirit to preach unto those saints in prison? Which sometimes were disobedient. When once in the long suffering of God waited the days of Noah. That's when He went to preach to the people who were at the time Peter's writing in prison. While the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Now they were saved in that ark. As the waters, floods came up, they were saved by water because the water that drowned everybody else lifted them up to safety to the very highest peak. Let's come on down. The like figure now, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. And this is all the light of Calvary, please. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. I've said in every one of my presentations that water that I go down into doesn't save anybody. Believe me, if I thought water would save people, I wouldn't baptize them in a church pool. I'd take them out here in the Atlantic Ocean. See, the more water, the better. That's not the point. It doesn't wash and clean it, but here. Now listen, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Now, the baptism doesn't save. The baptism doesn't wash clean, despite what it says. Now, save us. What does save is the, the finished work of Christ is culminated in his resurrection. And this is exactly what I'm coming up with. As far as I am concerned, the baptism is just an answer of a good conscience. It speaks of identity. That's all I've said, and that's all Arthur said when he was here. Of course, he approaches it differently also to me. It just speaks of identity, baptism, spirit, baptism, water. And it speaks of the fact that as we are there, we are... I never say anything to anybody in a baptism pool about remission of sins. I say, my brother, my sister, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? They say, yes. Well, they wouldn't be there. Have you trusted him as your own personal Savior? Yes. Then I go on to say that I baptize him in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit when baptism. Now, as I've said, it's just an outward testimony to an inward act, and I would certainly include Peter in the light of Calvary and all that he says there, a good conscience toward God. Now, coming back to chapter 1, if I may just a moment, Mr. Moderator, I know I've got a lot of, I talk a lot, but listen to me. In this context, he's writing to these people who are scattered abroad. Now, uh, I read this. 
elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Now, I'm a poor old Gentile. Am I not elect according to the knowledge of God sure. the Father? I won't tell you I am. Through the sanctification of the Spirit, yes, thank God on that. Unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. I'm glad he's multiplied it over the years. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do I have an inheritance? Yes, I do. Incorruptible, undefiled? Yes, I do. That fate is not away. Is it reserved in heaven for me? Thank God. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed. Am I kept by the power of God? Amen. This all belongs to me, friends. When you come right down to it after the Spirit, I'm one of those strangers scattered abroad. I may not be in the physical, but I am after the Spirit. It all belongs to me. Yes, sir. May I respond? No. Please go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'll be next. Okay. Uh, brother, uh, I agreed, did I not, that after the body of Christ is gone, the epistles of Paul will be in the Bible which corresponds to the fact that Peter had had a great deal of contact with Paul. It says they saw, they perceived what Paul was trying to get to them. Sure he saw that. And all of this that you read is also mine. Right. But you took something out of chapter, where are we again? Uh, 2, 20, no, 3, uh, 3 uh, 21. You took something out of Peter's epistles which could not be found in Paul's. Where in Paul's letters do we find that to be baptized with water would give us a good conscience? And in fact, it's my conscience. I understand that through the blood of Christ, our conscience has been cleansed. That's We've right. got the consciousness, but not the plaguing conscience. But it's conscience. a good conscience premised on the fact of the resurrection. Well, I think the fact that one writer says something that another one does not say doesn't necessarily mean that he doesn't hold that position. No, I mean, but in many cases, one writer does not duplicate the content of another. And an argument from silence, I don't think, is altogether conclusive. Ah, but in this case it is. Wouldn't the same be uh, true, wouldn't it be just as true to say, just because they both say certain things that are true to us, that doesn't mean that they're whole messages for us. Now, isn't it a fact that Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles? And he was given the revelation for us today, that gospel that I preach, among the Gentiles, and the mystery which was given for the Gentiles. And he never said, I think it's important if what baptism were for us today, and so important that we couldn't have a clear conscience, or a good conscience, unless we were baptized, I would surely expect that Paul would say it. It was in God's program for today, but he doesn't. This is written in an epistle by Peter to the circumcision. Hey, uh, I would like to ask Mr. David, I asked this morning, maybe I misunderstood, but do you believe that the Great Commission in Matthew is for us today? Right. Okay. Now I've got a question, another question is, it reads this way, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Right teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Mm -hmm. Now if we go back to the 23rd chapter of Matthew, 43, verses 2 and 3. 
we read the scribes, this is Christ speaking to the disciples and the multitude, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All, therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. Now, part of what the scribes and Pharisees taught certainly would have been circumcision, observation of the Sabbath, uh, sacrifices, and yet we do not teach those things or observe them today. And my question is, if the Great Commission is for us today, is not Christ saying, you teach them to observe what I told you back in Matthew 23, 3? No, I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think you, I why don't not? Think, I don't think you can come to that conclusion. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the consummation of the age. Now, it doesn't necessarily follow that I, I, I've got to come to this place of getting into different areas and different dispensations and so forth and so on and understand this. Matthew 28, 18-20 is in the post-Calvary era. Matthew 23, 1 and 2, if I read my Bible correctly, is in the pre-Calvary era. I believe that this great commission relates to the things that he commanded them after he raised from the dead. And I've got a lot of material there that has been pointed out already this morning because you take in Acts chapter 1 and verse 3 prior to our Lord's resurrection, I don't know how long, all that I know, he was with them 40 days, and that he was teaching them, down here in verse 3, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he showed himself alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now, I believe the commanded here wouldn't go back to Matthew 23, 1 and 2. We're in a completely new era now. What was that reference again that you just read from? Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Do you think that he, in that uh, period, he taught them against observation of the law? Yes, because I think the law is behind them, the, the Sabbath. A person's being brought into relationship with Jesus Christ in the post-Calvary era. What does Paul say about the law? He took it and nailed it to his cross. But and he took away all the ordinances that were against him. There were thousands of Jewish believers who were zealous after the law. Well, I'll answer that this way. You take in the book of Acts, the Lord Jesus Christ said, Go ye therefore, and you ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, that was to continue there, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. They never move out of Jerusalem until he brings great persecution upon the church, with a resulting great havoc, and then they begin to carry out his, his commandment and explanation. In other words, they were very slow to move. And this doesn't surprise me, because I'm very slow to move. And I know a lot of other people who have received the Spirit and are born again and believe in the Lord, who are slow to move also. May I ask this question? I'm afraid it won't get in, and I do believe it's important. Not that yours isn't, but 
Brother Stam has said that he does not believe the Matthew account of the Great Commission, or Mark for that matter, is for the church today. And if the Great Commission is not for the church today, what is the mandate of the church today? What What is our commission as such? Right. Uh, may I point out something that I think we have, phraseology that we have been using, uh, and I think maybe a little carelessly, I, all of us, uh, we've been talking about the church and when the church started. Dr. Schofield differentiates between the church and Israel. I don't think that's a legitimate differentiation. Let's get bigger as we go. Uh, because the church, what does that mean? Called out company, isn't it? God's called out people. God has always had his church. You've got to be Presbyterian there. In, in the Acts 7 8, you read about the church in the wilderness. There were God's called out people in the wilderness. In Matthew 5, if your brother sins against you and so on, so on, not tell it to the church. In uh, Acts 2, Pentecost, so many were added to the church. Ah, uh-huh. wait a minute. Beg your pardon. No, Lord. Acts 2.47, Ecclesia is not there. The best translation of that text is, uh, no. the Lord added unto them. Yeah, that's right. Such as should be said. Oh, that's right. right. But the word church is found in those early chapters. Oh, yes. All right. So, they're called the church there in the Pentecostal era. And Paul calls the believers of that day the church. So, God's called out people. There have always been God's called out people. The question is the church of that day is compared with the church of this day, the church of Pentecost compared with the body of Christ, which is a joint body of Jew and Gentile. Now, would you, would you repeat that clearly again? That if, the, if the common usage of the Great Commission and understanding right. is not for the church today, what, All right. what is the church? Now, here you have Paul to the body of Christ. If the, what I can't understand is if the Lord Jesus gave a commission to his apostles to preach to all the world, would it seem legitimate if this is for today, of the message that Paul preached later? Would it seem, would not seem passing strange if they left out the most important parts, the finished work of Christ for salvation, uh, salvation by grace alone, through faith, without works in the law? No. When we come to Paul, we find all that. That is the very core of his message. If you want your commission, as far as the gospel is concerned, 2 Corinthians 5. Paul says in verse 13, if we're beside ourselves, that is, if you consider us so, that's to God. But if we be sober, it's for your call. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead, and that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live of themselves, but of the him who died for them and rose again. Wherefore henceforth, henceforth means from now on, know we no man after the flesh. The Lord Jesus went on earth, sent them to the Jew only, go to nobody but the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The Lord Jesus, in his great commission, sent them to the Jew first, because he was to reign over the Jew, and the Jew was to be the blesser of the whole world, according to covenants and prophecies. But we know no man after the flesh from now on. Though we have known Christ after the flesh, some of them had known him so, yet now, henceforth, know we him 
No more. We don't know Christ after the flesh. Therefore, if any man be in Christ a new creation, there is or he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And in this new thing, all things are of God. Everything is of him who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, that is, at Calvary, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed, there's your commission, hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation, which is not merely be reconciled, but that he, on his side, is reconciled. I have nothing against you. I'm not even imputing your trespasses against you. I paid for it all. Now then, we're ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. This is marvelous. We pray you, instead of Christ, you didn't want him, you said away with him, but we pray you, instead of Christ, be reconciled to God. There is our commission. For he hath made him to be sin for us, in whom we know sin that we might be made the righteousness. Or, or the baptism. Well, how can you keep part of it? Or to do 
because Paul kept part. Hmm? He did away with part. Where? He did baptism just the same length of time as he did the signs. No, he didn't. He never anywhere mentioned baptism as one of those that would pass from the scene. He mentioned specifically casting out demons, no, speaking in tongues, right. and so forth. Well, he mentioned specific <clears throat> gifts that were there. I'm sorry, he answered it, not to the satisfaction of all, but I'm sure yeah. adequate explanation so far as he is concerned. But we've only got three minutes, and I want to conserve them as much as possible. Another question. Paul prayed for the unity of the body of Christ. And here we are occupied, and the church is occupied with this subject and others, which divides the body of Christ. Should not our attention and our hearts be centered on Him, and these divisive things which pass out of the pictures become insignificant? And while we could not be a member of this church or that church unless we are baptized by immersion or we're sprinkled or something, we are still members of the body of Christ. Well, it's just wonderful that the Lord doesn't make as stringent demands upon us as we make upon ourselves, and we can be thankful for that. <laughs> That's a good note. We know what My father said to the Baptist church that excluded us, we're excluded from the Baptist church because we have been baptized as babies. And he said, you won't accept me? I'm sorry, we can't. He said, in other words, the Lord will accept me, but the brethren won't. <laughs> Some of your family, sir, were members of Layman Strauss's church in Bristol. And he had a Baptist church. I've got a big family, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Another question? Brother, could we just say something? I think Brother uh, uh, Davis would want to join me in this. Brother Davis, don't we want to say a hearty word of thanks to Brother... Uh, I was hoping that we'd have the time. You, you introduced it, so say it. You speak for me this time. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> but this was a very difficult position to be in, and dear brother, you've done it magnificently. And I'm a little mad about those few times you didn't let me speak. <laughs> so it was out of fairness, and we're very grateful to you, and grateful to you. All of you people too, isn't that right? Here, yes, brother? I was going or to say when you were at the spirit of the thing here, I think it's been good. Brother uh, Wiseman, I thought it would be well.